0: Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. Welcome to the Ball and Breakfast podcast. I'm Patrick Miller alongside uh, Santa Wayne over there. Uh, we got jolly old St. Wayne in the house uh, here to, you know, go through some, you know, wish list items for us with the White Sox. Uh, with our team, uh, we've we've had a pretty, cl- you know, quiet holiday season. Not much stuff is getting delivered to our door. You know, we're not getting to the mall. We don't want to wait in line. So, you know, the White Sox have had to deal with, you know, only, you know, one real signing, you know, today that's uh, you know, besides the Clevenger deal that really stood out and, and we'll get right into that. Um, you know, so I guess I'll just uh kick it over to Wayne to uh you know talk about Andrew Benintendi. Uh we signed him for a five year 75 million dollar deal to be our next uh left fielder. So um Wayne, uh what were what was your reaction to that signing and uh you know, what do you think overall so far for the White Sox?
1: Well, thanks, Pat. Yeah, I, I like to call myself, I think I South Southside Santa here in this case. So, um, but you know, there, I definitely had mixed feelings. Uh, I did kind of call it out, I think, in a previous episode that Andrew Penitendi was I mean, kind of on top of my list of like maybe top three uh, outfielders. He, he does a lot of like a, a lot of the things that I think we wanted and seek or, or sought for at, in the free agency market in terms of an outfielder. He's left handed, he plays good defense uh hits for you know really good average and you know gets on base. The one thing obviously is that he's maybe not the best power hitter, right? Um, but he does everything else pretty well and you know has a decent, uh, decent slugging percentage overall historically. So um I guess the biggest thing is like he's like what our our highest uh uh you know in terms of like overall dollars uh from a White Sox signing ever, which it's like somebody that hit five homers in <laughs> uh, the previous season, like that's, that's, that's like the top dollar, uh, you know, free agent that the White Sox get, but, you know, uh, I guess it's, it's better than, you know, getting absolutely nobody and, you know, but it's any gold glove caliber type of outfielder out there. So overall, I can't complain about that helps, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, whenever you do have those kind of outfielders out there, it helps with the rest of the outfield. Like if we, you do want to move, you know, we, uh Luis Robert like Robert like out to like right field or something like that so he's not you know, you know diving into people or diving into walls getting hurt uh you know things like things of that nature. he's a little bit more reserved and then maybe we can focus more on you know a center fielder um you know in that aspect and getting somebody that can play that position a little bit more so of so like a, you know uh Kevin Kiermaier, right like that kind of thing. so that's I think my initial take on it but overall, I like it. it's just yeah, obviously, I guess my mixed feeling was like, yeah, five homers. That's the top uh, White Sox free agent, like historically, like that's a little nuts. But yeah, what do you think about it, Pat?
0: Yeah, I actually love the, tri- uh, you know, the signing. I thought, you know, five years, 75, you know, for us is a big deal, obviously uh, as a franchise, but for most, it's a uh, kind of a drop in the bucket these days for, you know, what I would think is like a borderline all-star outfielder. Um, you know, he did have five home runs last year. Uh, he was dealing with a, you know, broken right handmade bone. So I think, you know, maybe that was, you know, dealing to some of the power outage with his bat in that sense, but always a great contact guy, good on-base guy, uh, above average outfielder. I just think he fits perfectly into our team, both our lineup, uh, also into the defense. And, you know, he's got a World Series under his belt and he's 28 years old. And, you know, when I kind of look at this signing and I compare it to other ones around the league, you know, to look at – uh. You know, a guy like Brandon Nemo, who's going to get, you know, $20 million a year, plays far less games, probably has similar on base, you know, numbers as Benintendi, Um, But I don't think he's accomplished as much as him, you know, to be able to, you know, only have Benintendi for, for five seasons, you know, going through his, you know, age 33 season versus, you know, paying somebody, you know, eight years and, you know, <laughs> starting off when they're, you know, probably 29. So we don't have to pay for the back half of uh, Benintendi's 30s, which I think comes to our advantage too on this, uh, on this signing, it's uh, enough security for his good years, but then, you know, there's less downside risk with, you know, the back, the back half of the, you know, this type of deal. So I'm comfortable with it. Um, I also look over at our North side, you know, uh, you know, team in Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, they just signed Dansby Swanson, you know, to a seven year, uh, $177 million deal, you know, Benintendi has more career war than Swanson uh, and they're both the same age. And again, it's one of those situations where, you know, maybe Swanson is showing like he's coming into his prime and maybe, maybe he does have, you know, a tick more upside than Benintendi. But in the same sense, it's like, if you go career number to career number, you know, Benintendi's got him beat on OPS plus uh, batting average uh, on base percentage. So, you know, what else you know, could we ask for in terms of, uh, you know, the amount of spend that we put into this uh, signing and then what we're actually getting out of it, um, you know, based on his market value. So super happy, uh, bring him aboard, bat him second, you know, bring some stability to our team that's been, you know, often injured. You know, we need a guy who can play, you know, some games. And I think Ben will be able to do that for us.
1: Yeah. I and mean, that's the key thing is playing games because, you know, last year we, you know, we, we've always been hurt. It always seems like in the past couple of seasons, You know, 2020, we kind of just made it past, you know, and and, yeah, 193 games there and finished first, but we definitely batted injuries. But Ben had, I think, 500 plate appearances like basically every year, except one year, yeah, where he got hurt there. So, uh, but yeah, and since then, he's had several seasons uh, already with 500 plate appearances. So, yeah, you know, a player they can, you know, plug in there, bat second, uh, we'll get 500 plus plate appearances, you know, again, knock on wood on the whole health thing and everything there. But, yeah, I think that in terms of you know, hey, if he can hit you know five more more than five homers, then I feel like yeah, it's it, the sign is justified and yeah, like have a decent OPS, you know, maybe at least above seven fifty. Uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of the bare minimum there for him, and he can definitely historically. I think that's a good bet. So overall, like I don't know how you how you can really knock it. Yeah, he doesn't hit twenty homers every year or anything like that, but still, you know, if he can hit you know in the teens or something like that. Uh, have an OPS of like 750 plus, um, you know, play great defense. I think that's as much as you can ask for, for him, you know, for the next couple of seasons that we have him. So.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I mean, his, his season average over his career is 16 home runs. So if he gives us that totally happy, I mean, I think that's what we were in the market for, even with a guy like Nemo, I don't think he's going to put, you know, many more balls over the wall than that. Um, so this is the kind of table setter I think we need. Um, he knows, you know, uh, you know, Pedro Fall, a lot of the other Royals coaches, you know, on our team being with them, uh, you know, in 2022 last year and the year prior. So it's, it's good. There's some familiarity there. It's not like he's going to be completely um, on his own. You know, he played probably a lot of games, um, you know, on the South side when he was with the Royals. So in the same sense, I think he's got some maybe familiarity with our park and, uh, you know, the outfield for us doesn't seem like really sprawling so i don't think even you know as from a defensive perspective we're, we're going to be asking for a ton from him so um you know hopefully it's a it's just a good fit
1: yeah no for sure i, I definitely agree on that and um i mean you know rick Hahn has definitely talked about trades and I, I think being a little bit more so of the mode of uh, acquiring new talent as opposed to like more free agent signings so i think he's you know maybe more capped out uh so yeah it, it, i think that's the way to go overall for him and you know, uh, Ben and Tenny, I, I definitely think at least takes one part out of, you know, the puzzle pieces, I think, that the White Sox roster has right now.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think we're both good with that. Um, you know, looking at, you know, what's coming up here for free agency, the holiday season, you know, in our White Sox, they, like you were saying, they, they've been looking a lot in the trade market. Um, there are some free agents left at the positions that we're still, you know, seeking. We're, we're kind of in the, you know, hunt a little bit for a catcher. Uh second base is obviously a hole and uh right field is kind of up in the air too. Um, I guess if we look at those three positions and just how those are, you know, still needs for us, if we're gonna go through our wish list here for the holiday season, um, maybe let's kick it off with the catcher position. And uh, you know, Wayne, is there a, a catcher out there or two that, you know, come to come to mind for you or somebody, you know, could be, you know, low hanging fruit for us in a trade?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Sean Murphy was like the one. <laughs> you know everybody was was kind of eyeing on but you know i was thinking like you know possibly like someone like gary gary sanchez i think he i think he's available and everything so um you know if you want that decent bat uh thing there uh he you know, you played in the uh uh you played at the twins right so you know there's definitely some familiarity i think with the team overall so i think that was like maybe the like the one one player i was looking on more so from the free agency market um, you know he he definitely hasn't bad for average you know i think for the past couple of seasons is in definitely much more of a slugger so in a way he'll fit right in so uh you know so i i, I don't know I, I feel like he he could he, he could be like a decent sign, uh has had high upside i think you know early, early in his career is like kind of like an mvp candidate in some cases and kind of just has tapered off there but um, yeah, I, I, you know, from the catcher standpoint, like, I don't know if there's a player I would necessarily want to trade, like, you know, for some farm, like decent farm for. So, um, but yeah, I think Gary Sanchez would probably be the, you know, the one person I would look and consider, uh, for, but then after that, it's like, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that a healthy, decent year, uh, you know, from Yasmani Grandal, <laughs> a bounce back year, would occur. But yeah, Pat, what do you think? Who do you have, you know, from the catcher standpoint?
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, we've got Grandal signed to uh, some serious money. I thought Sebi uh, played pretty well for us as a backup. I mean, he had probably his best season as far as uh, you know batting average is concerned. And I, I I feel like maybe he's more of a a four, a Triple A type player overall. But um, you know, your hope is I think first is getting Grandal back to you know full health. Can he give you you know 110, 120 games behind the plate, and then you know have Sebi come in and spell us? But um. I guess just looking around the league, if there were you know some players that I thought you know might be interesting at the catcher position, I've been hearing at least from uh, Jays Digest, um, they've talked a lot about a Danny Jansen uh, you know trade possibility, and they've talked about the White Sox. And I think what gets kind of uh, maybe a little annoying to me is I see Liam Hendricks uh, being tossed around a lot in these speculative you know trades, and it's always well we'll give you you know our backup second baseman or, you know, our, our, you know, second or third option at catcher. And you'll just give us, you know, uh, the second or third best closer in baseball. And it's like, no, that's not really how it works. You know, <laughs> like I know he's making some pretty decent money and he's going to be on, you know, probably a two year, 30 plus million dollar contract here left, you know, remaining. But, um, if we're going to give up our lockdown closer, um, you know, at least one guy that's been thrown out there by, you know, uh, most, you know, Jay's coverage has been Danny Jansen. um, you know, Jansen batted 260 uh, plus last year, had 15 plus home runs, uh, 27 years old. I think he's still controllable for a couple of years. Seems like a good catcher. Um, what I'm kind of thinking is, OK, if we're going to go the Hendricks route and we're going to possibly, you know, get rid of him, I would like to see us also maybe package Whit Merrifield in that kind of deal. Um, I think that would you know, kill two birds with one stone for us. You know, if we brought back Merrifield, he had zero war last year, batted 250 with 11 home runs. I mean, not a Whit Merrifield type year, but he's the kind of player if you could put him in at second base or even right field, you know, and bring back Danny Jansen. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if we gave them Hendricks and possibly, you know, a Gavin Sheets, I know they're looking for a left handed hit- hitting and, you know, somebody who can maybe play a little first base, a little DH. Um, if they want to throw him out in the corner outfield, I wouldn't, you know, advise it, but they could do it. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe there's maybe there's some other scratch, maybe an extra reliever or something else we could throw in there. But uh, I just thought maybe the the structure of that kind of deal made a little bit more sense for me because, you know, they'll still have Alejandro Kirk and uh, Gabriel Moreno as their catchers. That That's fine at that position. And they've got Santiago Espinal and Kevin Biggio can play second. So it's like, you don't really need Merrifield and you don't really need Jansen. They're like, they're good players. And obviously you want to have them, but you know, I think they would love to have a, a lockdown closer at the end of their bullpen. You know, right in front of Jordan Mar- Romano, and you know, they brought over Eric Swanson and Teoscar Hernandez. Deal. It's just like, you know, is it a wish list item for us? Like, I don't know. I mean, if, if we got rid of you know Liam Hendricks and any sort of deal, like we're we're hurting ourselves. But I think the second part of this is uh, if we were to kind of go off on that kind of route. You know, there are three relievers out there: Andrew Chafin, Taylor Rogers. Um and Michael Fulmer, who, you know, maybe they're not, you know, your lockdown closers, but maybe by committee, you know, we could figure something out with Kendall, you know, Graveman and um, Ronaldo Lopez, others. So um, that's a lot to uh, unpack, I guess, just for the catcher position. But I just was thinking scenarios and I, you know, I think there's a lot to to break down in this, but, uh, you know, feel free to react however you uh, feel appropriately.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you bring up some good points about that. And, you know, the whole Liam Hendricks thing, it's like, I think the money ball perspective on this i'm just gonna take this uh i feel like always adjusted i feel like or whatever but um no i i, I think uh from the moneyball perspective right, I think closers have been like the kind of overrated uh um like position there because if you're going to like pay 20 million dollars for like one player that pitches like one inning then it doesn't really make sense as much right so um so if you want to take that perspective I, I get i think it definitely makes sense there um so you know if we were to trade liam Hendricks and you know get uh you know a decent catcher there i mean that's that's something that can be an upgrade but then it's like yeah then you have you know Gundal. maybe you know we can do something with his contract or you know we can kind of just hey eat, eat his contract a little bit just have him kind of go on the batch and, and then you know hopefully uh uh we get a trade partner or something like that you know in the, tra- in the trade deadline and, and deal with his contract there so i mean that's a potential possibility there or yeah we I mean, maybe we're able to Trade Hendricks and then use that that his um his salary basically to you know sign some other type of free agent you know to fill up the, the second base position a little bit there um or yeah you know sign sign another outfielder or some sort so something like that I think it definitely brings a lot of flexibility but I think you know it, it, it from a signal perspective I think towards fans it's like wait you're trading like the best closer in the game <laughs> like you know how how are we how are we to be considering ourselves contenders when. Yeah, we when we are doing something like that, um, unless yes, we do sign, uh, uh, you know, a uh, Michael Fulmer, or we're really banking that you know Garrett Crochet comes back and like is Tommy John is like cured his uh, everything, it, it, all his elements there. So uh, it, it's just a lot of unknown, I think, to do that uh, by trading. Yeah, Liam Hendricks there. So yeah,
0: I, and I'm with you. I think it's kind of dangerous. You know, if we look at the the Guardians, you know, they have a pretty lockdown bullpen with, you know, Class A and uh, Karinchak and Stefan, it's like, I wouldn't want to just make this trade unless we're getting back some serious, you know, support, some serious help at, you know, multiple positions for us. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's interesting just because it's been floated so much right now, but um, I'm kind of on that side of like, I'd rather do a lower risk, you know, free agent (laughs) signing or just a very low end trade. And I guess the other trade that I was thinking about was you know, maybe, you know, ringing up the Dodgers. Um, They've got three catchers. They've got uh, Will Smith, who is an all-star. Um, their top prospect is Diego Cartaya, and he's pretty much on his way up. So Austin Barnes, who's 32 years old, he's been in, you know, a World Series, been in multiple playoff series, you know, had better numbers. I think, you know, a couple seasons ago, I think he batted like 212 with eight home runs last year. But, you know, could we give them Joe Kelly back and say, hey, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, if we can make that money match. And, uh, you know, is there another reliever in our bullpen that maybe, you know, of help to you guys, cause you're not bringing back, you know, Kimbrel, and you may have some holes there and obviously you're short up at catcher, but you know, maybe an Austin Barnes for a reliever trade, like maybe that's something that's more palatable, something that's more, you know, achievable for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's, that's a good one there. Uh, from a trade standpoint, I think that makes sense. You know, if you do have uh, a, you know, kind of, Three three players that can fill that position, then might as well, I guess, kind of get rid of one there. Um, the only other one that I would consider, but it might be a haul for a little bit for us, is uh, uh is it Dalton Varcho? I uh, uh, you know catcher slash outfielder, um, definitely a good bat with some speed out there. Um, essentially, kind of like a fantasy baseball extraordinaire. You know, playing, the, being able to play the catcher and then also the outfield position. So you know, uh, if if we do want to, yeah, add that second uh, Al Fielder, but then, oh yeah, maybe we also want to spell, uh, Grand Grandal a little bit too, um, in the catch position. He could make sense, but, you know, uh, him coming off a great season, uh, still, you know, on, on a good contract and everything, it could definitely be a little bit more of a haul, you know, might have to get rid of some, one of our top prospects. So, but, you know, yeah. if, if we are kind of, cons- you know, really, really trying to consider like this is kind of the prove it type of year, um, know it might be worth uh taking a shot in something like that so yeah
0: i I think that's a great name to float out there because the astros have been pretty much hot on the d-back seals for for varsho and uh it sounds like you know with their outfield mix they've you know bringing up corbin carroll got alec thomas out there jake mccarthy and varsho it's like you know they've got a, a handful of young guys that they can't all play at the same position so they have been kind of uh putting guys on the block i think for us if we we're hap, you know, to happen to be in the mix for a deal like that. I think you're right. We'd have to part with, you know, one of our top prospects, it could be a Colson Montgomery, or you know, maybe it's a combination of like Lenin Sosa and Nore Vera, or, you know, I don't know if we'd want to pry uh Schultz out of our bullpen or, you know, I should say our top prospect list for pitching uh, mm-hmm. just yet. yet. but it's like, what would the Diamondbacks actually be looking for? I know they're, you know, a little thin in the infield, probably love to have some more pitching. So, you know, we might have to give above you know a few names and
1: uh you know, really tilt the balance uh to kind of win them over in that sense, yeah, no for sure i I, I think yeah it 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 really depends, I think on what Rick Khan wants to do, but I would love it if they were to do something like that um you know i, I guess as a fan that uh uh really wants some immediate action to happen <laughs> and having to kind of i guess stop waiting you know for uh these prospects that we're getting, and we're not really even uh you know nurturing them properly i feel like so uh you know if we're not going to do that then might as well uh yeah you know shoot our shot and try to get some a little bit more established players that uh you know uh, like you were saying you know with the dodgers and catching position catcher position the diamondbacks you know the outfield a little bit like you know some players that that they can spell that we definitely need so yeah, yeah those are good ones
0: I also think it's essential that whoever we're bringing back is controllable and could be on multiple seasons of arbitration or, you know, still on a rookie deal because we're proving that we're not really like interested in paying, you know, folks too much. And, you know, with Tim Anderson kind of coming due in a couple of years, it's like a lot of that talk started to come up. Like, are we willing to go, you know, 10 years or eight years for whatever it could be? It could be anywhere from now. Like I would say 150 to 300 million. It just really depends on how good you know he is over the next uh, season or so so um i don't think we're in that market so again anybody we're bringing back and we're dishing prospects for like i feel like you need to come with uh you know years and they got to be really cheap so we'll see
1: yeah no for sure uh what's next on your uh on your wish list so if that's the catcher position
0: um you know let's look at
1: second base uh i have a pipe dream.
0: Uh, I don't think it'll ever happen, but I'm happy to put it out there. Cause I haven't really heard it ever, uh, come on the airwaves from any of our Chicago white Sox podcast, uh, uh, acquaintances. But, um, man, after last season, we were talking about, you know, guys with, you know, high wars and, you know, just looking down those lists and things that, uh, you know, we wouldn't really suspect. And, uh, Tommy Edmond was a name that just came up and we were both kind of jaw dropping. Cause I think he fell in like the top five of, of war last year. And, uh, there's really no good reason for St. Louis to part with him. Um, You know, he's, he's controllable through 2026 through arbitration. Uh, he's a fixture in that lineup. Uh, they're contending for playoffs. So I was just really trying to think like, okay, if this was my wish, because we need a second baseman, we need a right fielder. And that guy plays both positions and he's young and he's great. So um, I was kind of thinking, you know, would they, would they even consider, would they, you know, would they, you know, Slam the phone down. If we offered uh, Lucas Giolito, uh, Lennon Sosa, or Colson Montgomery, uh, maybe dangled Oscar Colas. Um, I don't know if it would take more than that. It could. It possibly could. Um, but I think with that, if we were to swing that deal, get a cheaper guy back, get rid of Giolito's money for one season. You know, I think St. Louis has a pretty thin rotation. They're always looking for you know new guys to bring in because of guys like Jack Flaherty going down an injury. Wainwright's going to retire. Um, you know, the back end of that uh, staff isn't exactly established. So it's like you bring over Giolito, maybe he pitches to his normal standards, maybe around a 350 or 804, and you can extend him in that. I mean, I think maybe if they were to set up some sort of extension, you know, with that kind of deal, maybe that would um, at least uh, come of mild interest to them. Um, I think if we were to get rid of Giolito, we could go, you know, re-sign Johnny Cueto put him back in our rotation um, with the money that we got, you know, to save in an admin deal. But, uh, you know, I'm looking at this, it's, it's going to take one of our, you know, one of our starters. So I think it's one of our core starters. I think it would take, you know, one or two of our infield prospects, perhaps an Oscar Colas, maybe it's a Norhe Vera if they wanted more. Um, again, it's probably not something the Cardinals would be, you know, on the hunt for or the prowl for, but if, you know, we knocked on their door and, you know, blew them away you know could you could you possibly envision a scenario like that and what it might mean for the white socks
1: yeah and you know i mean maybe we could like you know get somebody else in there a little bit too just like you know hey can you can you like add in like a lars you know uh new bar or something <laughs> like that right just a little bit more to, you know to sweeten the pot like then you know for giolito like i think that makes sense um you know if we were to go that right like like you were saying if we were to bring back johnny cueto who you know Again, if we're going to go off last year's numbers, like he was like one of our best pitchers, like, you know, top three, right? So, um, if that's the case, then if we can get that similar production from Johnny Cueto, add in, you know, Tommy Edmund, you know, predominantly playing second base, um, and then, yeah, add in another, you know, maybe a, kind of a spot starting type of outfielder from the Cardinals, like a Lars or whatever, then I think that that can definitely be, you know, something that's, um, I guess, palatable on there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it it, it I think Recon's definitely going to have to do some shifting uh using, you know, uh kind of factoring the you know how much people are making And Giolito definitely has that uh you know, he's got a big contract, but he definitely has, you know, some good upside I think still. Um just had a bad season last season. If some, you know, team says, "Hey, we can speed up that fastball a little bit, you know, uh, then, and, you know, help out with his location. Then I think, you know, that's something that, you know, the, uh, a team can definitely gamble upon because when he's good, he's great. So, yeah, I agree.
0: Um, you yeah. know, did you have any wishes here at second base or things you you've been looking at in
1: the market? I did. I did. I think one name that's popped up, you know, a bunch, uh, that I would love, I think, you know, to kind of take a chance on is Brandon Lowe, right? Um, you know, you, you kind of look at what the, the Rays always do. They always seems like, yeah, we'll trade whatever players, if you, you know, give us some decent prospects, uh, and, you know, Brandon law kind of had a down year last year, you know, was hurt and everything. So, you know, maybe the, the Rays are like, okay, that's enough for us. Let's see what we can get from him. Uh, you know, if, if some teams are kind of desperate for second baseman, which in a way we are. And then he's also left-handed at bat. Um, you know, he hit 39 homers last season uh still has you know a pretty decent contract overall so i think yeah you know if we were to you know give up a, a pretty you know a, a, so probably some a decent prospect you know or maybe hey they want to you know i feel like the rays are always wanting some bullpen help so you know if we were to you know trade them like Ronaldo lopez or something like that and you know or or yeah some other players then i i think that could help sweeten the pot but i definitely see like brandwell could definitely be a, a great fit you know somebody that we can just plug right into our roster now with Benetton, he'd probably bat in the lower half, but really do some damage. I think overall, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I actually had him on my list too as a as a trade candidate because I I see what you're saying. It's like uh, number one, the 39 home runs you're talking about was in 21 because last year he had just like an off year. His back was flaring up, and that's the one thing I think uh, everybody's worried about is like, will this guy just come with some injuries? But I see his upside. He's got even some on base potential too with all the power. Uh, plays positions that we need him to play. I was thinking, you know, um, you know, just kind of given that he's controllable until 25, you know, could we throw him, uh, you know, Norea Vera or Lenin Sosa uh, maybe throw in, uh, G- you know, Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, like one or the other, um, just to see, you know, what it would take. I don't know what the combination of those guys would be. I know Tampa loves to have guys that are just super controllable. Um, they love, you know, high octane pitchers, um, at least for right now, um, they could shift over Isak Paredes at second base and they've got Yandi Diaz at first. So it's like they don't really need Brandon Lau, but uh he's definitely a good player. So I think, yeah, that was a good uh recommendation. I think I think our team would do well uh, you know, acquiring him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they did pretty decent without him. I think last year I know <laughs> you know you know, maybe maybe it, it would. I, I think they just saw I was like yeah he's he's great like he was great you know what probably got our MVP in that you know thirty nine homer season and everything like that. But then like yeah you know, I think after last season they're like yeah we won a pretty decent amount of games without you like you know so I I, I definitely they're very much a sabermetrics type of team. It's like oh you know it wasn't too much of a drop off when when you were when you were hurt and everything. So I think we can do without you and then yeah you know, deal you for maximum value and reload because nobody goes to their games and ha- they don't have the cap for the the salary um, um the team salaries for that so um yeah i think that that could be definitely a good pick there but yeah did you have anybody else
0: yeah um we've had all this there's been a lot of conversations with the mets and uh
1: i actually look at new
0: york and both teams as, as both good trade partners for us but the first one it's kind of like you know choo- choose your poison i think with with the kind of deal i'd look at i mean I think for us, uh, looking at the Mets and now, you know, just acquiring Carlos Correa, they've obviously got Eduardo Escobar who can play third base still. He can also play second. Um, They've got Jeff McNeil, who's an all-star, and uh, Luis Guillorme, who's just, you know, a pretty serviceable infielder, you know, all around the diamond for them. So it's like they've got a lot of guys to play very, you know, few positions, and they've been looking for bullpen help. So, um, you know, when they were dropping the Hendricks, you know, name in, in, speculations. I mean, I think the best thing I heard was, you know, we got to ask for Jeff McNeil in that situation. Not that we're going to get him because he's almost a six war player and uh coming off a batting title, like perfect, you know, left-handed, you know, setup guy in their in their um, on their team. But but I think it's fair to say if we're gonna trade you one of the best closers in the game, like we're gonna be asking for one of the best second basemen in the game. So, you know, could we add more depth to that offer to to sweeten that for them? Possibly. Um, you know, are the Mets the type of team that are going to take on a lot of prospect value? Like probably not. So um, I see that as kind of like the one for one that could possibly inter- be interesting, but if we don't go that route, could we do Joe Kelly for Eduardo Escobar or Matt Foster for Luis Guillorme? Like possibly, I think uh bullpen is an area of strength for us and it's, you know, an infielder um, of theirs. It could be, you know, a strength of theirs, you know, that we're looking for. So I think that's where the good matches could come into play. I'd, I'd be comfortable with, any of those deals. And uh, the only other Hendricks deal I would put out there is what if we go after Glaber Torres on New York? Um, You know, they're bringing up Anthony Volpe. They've got Oswaldo Waldo Cabrera's pretty much ready for the pros. Um, You you could slot in at second base um, for him. You could move over DJ Lemayhu again. Um, But, you know, Glaber was a four-war player last year, 24 home runs, 75 RBIs. Um, He's on an arbitration deal right now of $9 million. And I think he will be free after twenty five, um, but you know New York could eat the money that you know Hendricks goes over on Taurus and that might give us a little bit more um, you know capital to spend maybe on some free agents uh, just to fill up you know maybe the catcher position or something else. But uh, would you do uh, a Hendricks deal for Glaber Taurus or or any of the Mets deals uh, interesting to you at all?
1: Yes, in a heartbeat. I, I, I <laughs> would definitely do it. Um, you know, I would even do it for even like Oswald Peraza, I think, even, too, you know, if we were to go that route. So because uh, that would certainly free up, um, you know, uh, some cash for us you know, to to load up on other parts for, from a roster. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's the biggest thing about, you know, trading away Liam Hendricks. But then, yeah, if we were to get like a, you know, a really good prospect. Uh, I mean, yeah, like you were saying, the Yankees have uh, a roster kind of already equipped and they're, you know, it, it always seems like they're kind of in that win now mode. Uh, And especially if, you know, it's a position where they have multiple people kind of, you know, it's like, yeah, might as well kind of get rid of them, uh, get rid of one so we can get max value on another kind of pull we need. And I always feel like, yeah, with the Yankees, they always kind of want that bullpen help and, you know, they always want the best. It seems like they always need the best closer or something. So I feel like, you know, with him, yeah, they always had the history. I think Rod Chapman too. Uh, You know, it's just kind of this intimidating force. So, um, you know, with Hendricks, I feel like, that fits kind of right in their alley. Um, you know, with their kind of win now type of mentality. Same thing with the Mets. Uh yeah, I, I would definitely love the McNeil trade and all that. But <laughs> uh yeah, maybe not likely, but yeah, I think any of those players uh you know uh I think would be great. But um I would, yeah, personally I'd be uh, I, I wouldn't mind trading Hendricks though for like a really good uh middle infield prospect though, still and somebody that is, you know, major league ready and you know, I was a lot of pros, like he, he did play in the majors last year, so he does have, you know, some footing in there. So I think he can, you know, probably come into this next coming year and contribute immediately uh, in the middle infield there. So I would be happy with him, you know, and like you were saying, like, hey, he's going to be controllable for the next couple of years. So, you know, from the Yankees' perspective, it's like, yeah, why not? Yeah, but when the best close in the game for, yeah, a controllable middle infielder with a lot of upside. Why not? I would definitely do that.
0: That's where my heart rate uh, starts to go up a little bit. Like I, I see, <laughs> what, you're saying. I see what you're saying too, because it is kind of smart. It's like it brings us back to when we were restructuring our team and bringing on guys that you know could be uh, you know franchise cornerstones. And like, yeah, could Oswald us- you know Peraza be that? Like, it's possible. Um, I'm just worried, like, as we're in our window, um, you know, would that be a lot of responsibility to hand over to somebody? I know he's he batted 300 last year, so. It's not like he was uh, shook in his first, you know, 50 at-bats or so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, to pry off the, you know, one of the best closers in the game, I feel like I'd like to know that we're getting back a controllable, you know, near all-star level caliber second baseman, and that's, like, undisputable. Um, but we'll just have to see. If that if that deal did go down, I don't know if I'd fully hate it, but I think that, uh, yeah, I'm – I'm only parting with Hendricks right now unless we're getting like major league ready, uh, borderline all-star talent back. Yeah, no,
1: no, for sure. I think that makes sense. And yeah, we are, I, I definitely think that we are trying to win now in a way. So, uh, but you know, I, I it's definitely one of those hedges. I think, well, you know, Jerry, Hey Jerry, like spend the money, <laughs> man. Wait, how many years, how many more years have you got on this earth, right? Just, just go YOLO. Like literally go YOLO. So, yeah, I would definitely yeah. do it if uh, I would, you know, if I were if it were between Levar Torres and you know Oswaldo Peraza, then I would definitely pick uh, uh, Levar because I know what to expect from them and everything. So, but you know, in this case, I, I definitely still think that Peraza would definitely be a you know a good contributor. You know, he, and he played a Yankee Stadium like he, <laughs> you know that's the hardest as he, you know as it gets basically there. So, uh, yeah, and and they liked him over there, so he, he did well. So, I definitely think he, he could contribute though. I think you know, second base uh, for sure in this next coming season. So, yeah. For sure. Um, did you have any more second basements before we move on to the outfield? Uh, I mean, I think that was it. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I It's definitely one of those, like, do we want somebody to promote internally? <laughs> you know, in terms of like, okay, you know, like we did have multiple people uh, you know, kind of tryouts like with Romy Gonzalez, right? Um, and you know, uh, Lennon Sosa as well, and you know, they did okay. I think Lennon Sosa had like, a good like start and then just tapered off from there. Whereas you know, uh, you know, like R- rome Gonzalez, he showed some upside, he definitely a little bit more of a power type of second baseman, power hitter type of second baseman. I think he hit like 24 homers in like 2021 20, in the minors and everything, so you know, has has some pop there. Uh, but you know, would, would that be ideal? No, I. I would definitely prefer like if we were to do all these, you know, trades, free up, you know, trading, uh, Liam Hendricks and freeing up you know, some cash, you know, for, for another type of player, then, you know, it would be nice if we, yeah, if we can get Gene Segura, right. Uh, I think that would be ideal or yeah. Bring back Elvis uh, Andrews who had, you know, really good season, uh, you know, kind of betting there and then, you know, uh, kind of be insurance too, just in case if, you know, Tim Anderson isn't fully healthy this this upcoming season. So I think, you know, either of those players could be great. You know, Adam Frazier got signed. So I think that was, I was like, ah, oh, that's shucks and all that. But um, yeah, I think those those players would be, probably be on the top of my list from the free agent standpoint. Again, yeah, if we were to shift around some salary. Yeah, I I don't want to give up
0: just yet on Lenin Sosa. Um, Romy Gonzalez uh, probably had the better season of the two out of those two. Um, it's just tough because you look at both of them and you're like, you know, we don't know what we have here just yet. I mean, I we love the upside that Lenny and Sosa showed at Triple AA, A last year. I had, like, a monster season. Is one of our top, you know, five prospects in our system. Uh, he's 22. And, you know, we're trying to win playoff games. We're trying to, you know, win a World Series, uh, supposedly. So, it's like, you know, that's a lot of uh, responsibility to hand over him at, you know, 22 years old without, you know, much MLB experience. Romy, I don't know what his ceiling is. Um, is he just a, a nice, you know, backup to, to league average starter if he does hit his full peak in the pros? Like, maybe. I think uh, Sosa might be, you know, just a tick more talented than him. But uh, I think in either case, it's it's the reason why we've been on the prowl, why we're trying to, you know, see if we can bring somebody over. He's just got a little bit more uh, experience there. He's, like, produced at this level and somebody we can have some confidence in. So, yeah. The only other free agent, like, kind of goes back to our, you know, free agency prediction episode, but, you know, and Profar still out there. Um, hasn't played a lot of second base. At least last year he didn't play a game, but, you know, came up as a middle infielder. You know, could he be somebody who plays second or maybe a little little outfield? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good rundown. Um, you know, moving on to the outfield, uh, I, had, I had a couple of guys on my list, but, uh, Wayne, I wanted to kick it over to you. Uh, In case you had any blockbuster trades or, or free agents out there you're looking at.
1: Yeah. I mean, free agent signings, man, there's, I don't know. It's, it's definitely kind of hard. Like, you know uh, I I think some players that, you know uh, could be, I guess, reasonable maybe for us, uh, you know, maybe we take uh, like a Bradley Zimmer or something like that. Just see what he can do. Uh, I don't know. I'm not too impressed too much, at least on the, on the free agent standpoint, know from the players that are available out there i think one player i considered was like maybe a michael brantley you know a short-term type of deal but i think he just resigned there with uh Mm -hmm. with houston so i think that was like one player um i wouldn't mind some someone like maybe uh it's funny i think i heard was it nelson cruz right was talked about (laughs) is like oh yeah i would love to play for the white Sox, but uh he's definitely much more of the designated hitter and that's where eloy is right now and everything looks like so um I would actually, I would be interested in seeing, you know, and I don't know what the, um, uh, what the free agency or, or what the internal talks are, but it could be interesting to see what would happen if, you know, a uh, Colson Montgomery, right. If we were like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I, I think, I think it was Rick Conn that said this or one of the, uh, top GMs like we always like drafting shortstops because they can play like any position eventually, right? So, sure. like Gary Sheffield was a shortstop, and then he was like, Okay, I, I'm I I need to be in the outfield a little bit more. So, you know, uh, Colson's a pretty big shortstop, and not to say that, you know, I mean, Derek Judah can prove that, uh, you know, and, and Troy Towitsky that you can be big and play shortstop. But, you know, if Tim Anderson really is what we believe to be the long term White Sox shortstop of the future and everything, so. Uh, if that's the case, then uh hey, where's Colson gonna play? Like, you know, he doesn't fit the mold of a second baseman, so then he's gonna fit outfield. And then it's like, okay, well, is he gonna be right, you know, left or, or you know, center? Um, obviously, like, you know, he might be a couple years away, but you know, it's better late, it's better time to, I guess, try now. And then, yeah, maybe take like, I don't know, like a like a Cole Calhoun or something like that, kind of like as a, you know, fixer or, or, or as a Uh, a placeholder if you will uh, until uh uh, close to is ready um I think you know that's an option if we don't feel like Oscar Colas is the person there so but yeah I think them uh yeah Cole Calhoun Stephen Piscotty uh you know I I think I'm looking at some names here on like MLB's list of position players that are still available Jackie Bradley Jr. uh that could be a fun one right so He's a gamecock. I mean, I'm all for it. Oh yeah. Okay. There we go. So, yeah, I think someone, someone like that, Roman Quinn. You know, you know, get a little bit of speed there. I know we, we, we did sign Billy Hamilton, right? So okay. he, he was there during our last uh, playoff run and everything. So you know, uh, if if that's like the last outfield signing, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about that. But um, yeah, I, I think those are kind of the players I'm looking at trade you know I, I did mention i guess you know of i think that would be so good again it's like grandol from the um defensive standpoint from the catcher again catcher's kind of like great if he can hit right it's, but it's much more about the defense so like i don't mind him i guess being there but it, at the same time like you definitely want more of that pop there so if we can get a our show kind of spell him every so often um you know get those at bats uh i think that that would be great and then yeah play the outfield here and there too so um i think that versatility is definitely helpful but yeah i i think those are kind of the players i'm looking at there um and then yeah so kind of just a makeshift but uh, yeah nothing that i see is too exciting at this point but yeah do you have anybody in the outfield that you would love to have yeah
0: i mean Varsho, like you said uh I mean, he, he'd he be versatile out in the outfield and you could spell him catcher. I mean, he had one of the top D wars, I think, last year of any position player. I think he was like top five on that list. Um, but, uh, I mean, excellent defender. So that'd be nice to have as well. Um, I guess just given the theme of it being a wish list, uh, what do I wish? I wish we had Brian Reynolds uh, of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. And I think the Yankees would, too. Um, Word is out of Pittsburgh that Ben Charrington is like asking for the moon for this guy because he's controllable through 26. He's a you know three war player. He had 27 home runs last year, and they really wanted him to be part of the team. Even though he requested to be traded, so um, you know based on what they're asking for, they want a lot of pitching depth um, in a trade. So Yankees are kind of flush with position players. I just don't know how our pitching depth stacks up against, you know, other teams uh, farms, you know, is a uh, Norge Vera or Schultz interesting, you know, would we part with one or two of them? You know, would we part with Reynaldo Lopez and in, in that kind of deal, you know, would it require an Oscar Colas to be uh, you know, attached to it? Because obviously they'd want to replace his bat. So it's like, you know, it might cost a fortune, uh, maybe a higher fortune than the White Sox would want to pay in, uh, in draft capital. But in the same sense, you know, would I rather do that than to like, you know, cut our arm off, you know, while we're still, you know, you know, cutting off like a Liam Hendricks from the team when we're trying to go for it all, you know, we'd have that guy under our team, you know, controlled until 2026 on a you know team friendly deal. So again, like if you want to play with the big boys, you got to make big moves. And,
1: uh, <laughs> I might push my chips in for a guy like that. Yeah, would you get rid of like, uh, like Garrett Crochet? Like, who, who do you, who who would you want want to get rid of in, in order to get that?
0: Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with you know if like because number one, Crochet he he throws hard and you know he's already had multiple you know injuries at, at his age and we haven't really established is he just a setup man. Is he a closer? Is he a swing guy? Is he a starter? Like, I think for me, like you can throw in as many flamethrower types as you want into a deal like that. If we're getting back an all-star caliber, you know, caliber outfielder. um, I think, you know, where it gets tough is when you've seen a guy who's maybe a little bit more proven on the, you know, MLB level at the starting position. Like if we're throwing Kopech with, you know, Avera and then giving them, you know, one or two more interesting players like a Cespedes and a Colos, or you know, Lenin Sosa, you know, with Colas or something like that. That's where it's like, all right, now we're now we're really starting to like, you know, tear apart what would be, you know, the the next round of guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to be for the right player, I guess. But um, yeah, I'd much rather get rid of a crochet than a than a Kopac any day.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, with Kopac, like he. It- he was kind of like on a pitch count, right? I think last, it's funny. He's like, he's the same age as Dylan sees, right? He just had more, you know, body issues and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I I definitely agree with you on that in that sense. So um, like, I, I do want to see though, what Krisha can do, like, you know, uh, coming after Tommy John, like you've always heard like these people, pitchers come out, come out after Tommy John, they're just like thrown faster. Like, I hope, I don't know how he can, but it'd be great if he could. So yeah, we'd we'll love to see that. Um, I did have one other one, I guess I thought of, just thought of, um, you know, Ian Hop, right? I think that's one name that's been t- tossed around a little bit. I mean, we're, we're kind of seeing the Cubs are like, okay, we're, <laughs> we weren't able to land like Carlos Correa or some of these other players. Like they, they you know, they definitely improved with like Cody Bellinger here and there uh, as well, um, you know, so, but I think Ian Hop could be an interesting one, you know, if they're like, hey, let's, let's offload some talent, you um, you know, yeah, like I think we've always tossed Lennon Sosa just to see, you know, what can we get out there. So you know, if we were to toss him, you know, trade him for Ian Hop, like that could be, you know, I think that could be kind of intriguing, uh, from for the Cubs standpoint. So, uh, and then yeah, we get a player, you know, uh, that you know, is familiar with Chicago, uh, doesn't have to change his address or anything like that, and yeah, has you know has been a kind of a formidable player, uh, you know, for the Cubs there. So um you know during all those trade transitions and things like that so and i think he's 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 a decent uh overall baseball player overall so um i think he could be an interesting fit um you know and that's yeah given a decent cost it's like one and so to freaking hop like i'll take that actually i think that's a you know pretty you know for a decent outfielder i think it's better than getting you know aj pollock you know in that sense so i don't know that that, that might be something so yeah yeah, I think the
0: Northsiders are probably really scared to deal with us now that we've, you know, taken <laughs> Eloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease, and, uh, you know, got Kimbrell for, you know, Nick Madrigal who did absolutely nothing for them so far, and I think he's, like, kind of on the block for them. Um, um, in any case, uh, yeah, I, uh, as far as outfielders go, I mean, there's a few other names that I have here. Um, deals could be pretty interesting, but I'm looking at, like, Alex Verdugo, um, possibly a Jesse Winker, a Jake Fraley, um, Seth Brown. I've heard we've had conversations with the athletics about him, but for any of these guys, I mean, like a Verdugo, for example, I know like Boston, you know, is somewhat competing, I guess, but again, it probably go back to like a Giolito package or, you know, if we're going for Winker, I think it would cost a lot less because he's, you know, do 7 million a year with Milwaukee now. And I don't think they really want to hold him, but you know, whoever we give them in return, we'd probably be, you know, eating his salary. So again, it's like, what kind of payroll flexibility do we have? Um, But I think other than that, I think, you know, the other, you know, Jake Fraley types, Seth Brown types on Oakland, I think these guys can be had at the right price. I mean, I think they're still controllable, um, you know, getting in their later thirties or, you know, Seth Brown, I think is 30, but it's like, we're kind of looking for a guy who can hold the role for like a year. And then from there, like, is Oscar Colas ever going to be ready? Or, you know, do we consider, you know, the next step? So, um, you know, just some names out there, but overall, I want us to skim more athletic out there. He's a guy who's probably going to hit from the left side, can get on base. You know, have some pop. You know, we want the world. Obviously, if like a Brian Reynolds came over and could hit thirty bombs for us, like could be an all star. That'd be the dream. Um, but in reality, yeah, I just want somebody who's above league average who is going to play decent defense and won't you know screw the whole thing up.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm the same boat with you. Would you would you do Copac for uh, Reynolds?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if it was just a one for one, like, yeah, I could do that because I feel like, you know, the money would kind of be a wash. You know, we still don't know what we have in Kopech. Honestly. Like I like the obviously the upside and his name cache and like what he's shown so far, I think has been pretty promising, but it's like, you know, anybody who comes in who's, who's I worry about guys who throw really, really hard and that's like what they're going to bank their, their pitching game on because you never know, you know, what kind of longevity they're going to have. I mean, I'd much rather have a Dylan Cease type where, you know, he's cruising through the minors and you know putting up great numbers and doesn't have to like completely blow you away with a 99 mile per hour, 100 mile per hour, you know, fastball to get his you know get his game you know on the right track. But uh, he's definitely improved his velocity over the years. I just feel like, yeah, if you're going to give me an all-star outfielder for, you know, a high upside right now, a number four or five starter like. I would do that because I think, again, we can go back to the well and hopefully find a guy like Johnny Cueto who can, you know, help us in the back end. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if Kopeck became the next Garrett Cole, like, that would also, you know, really hurt. But it, you know, I feel like what's the downside of Reynolds? Like, he'll he'll bat 270 with 20 home runs and he'll play, you know, good outfields. Like, that's that's a good gamble when you're trying to go for it all.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Reynolds has had, you know, a, a great start to his career. Um, I think we've played, like, three, four seasons now. Uh, you kind of know what to expect. Like, he's had, like, an OPS, I think, above eight, you know, 800, you know, I think, for all his years. So, you know, for that, for a pitcher that, you know, hasn't kind of reached his full potential, we've kind of thrown that potential around with Kopech. He's almost 27, I think. He's about to turn 27. So, like, that's, like, prime years for a pitcher and everything. And, you know, he's still on pitch count. So, like, we're kind of treating him like a, you know, a 22-year-old, you know, just out of college pitcher who's trying to transition there. But, you know, he's definitely battle through injury and and, and and things like that. So, you know, that, you know, if we were to trade like Kopech and like and Sosa for like a Reynolds, like I, w- I would definitely do that, you know? So, um, but yeah, it, it really depends, I think, on kind of what the Pirates want in that sense. But yeah, like, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of flexibility, I think from the White Sox perspective and hey, yeah, maybe part of it's just taking that gamble and seeing if we can get some of these players that um, have, good track records from some players that just haven't hit the you know haven't hit their full potential I think with us so
0: yeah I think you know looking at Kopech he's at 134 innings he's maxed out at in the minors I mean that's the most amount of innings he's thrown one year I think the way baseball is trending and if you have a guy like him on your rotation I think the smart thing to do is to go with a six-man rotation or you know give him breaks uh throughout the middle of the year whatever else you need to do to kind of ramp him up for the end of season I feel like that's the reason why I thought you know bringing back you know quato even when we signed Clevenger would have been a smart play because it's like we've got some guys who've you know dealt with some injuries we're gonna need some some depth there um can Davis martin be that you know fifth sixth starter I don't know like and I don't I don't know if that's gonna play you know for a team that's trying to uh, go deep into the playoffs so uh you know I know we're we're kind of tight uh with cap flexibility, just according to Jerry, but it's like, yeah, it'd just be nice to know we have like one more guy we can go to for, for quality starts. Like when we need
1: it. Yeah. Like, I know I, I definitely agree with that. It's like, you know, we, we, we needed some good spot starters here and there for sure. Like Renato Lopez definitely has done that. And so I'm like, okay. Like, I I think that's the beauty of Renato Lopez, but then it's like, you know, is there, is there going to be a definite shift where he's going to be, you know, like a setup man. Right. And that, that's where I'm kind of like, you know, he, he could trend towards that way. Or we just see him like, Hey, as this good player that like, okay, you know, we get Kopech for, you know, his five or six innings. Right. And then let's see if he can just like do seven or eight or something like that. um, Or or six and six and seven. Uh, If that's the case, then, okay. You know, Hey, that's the new baseball. And and let's let Ronaldo Lopez just own that. But uh, I feel like for him, you know, uh, spot started here and there, I guess. That's okay. Uh, I mean, I would be comfortable with him kind of just doing that, going on fourth, uh, you know, heading into next season, but um, yeah, at the same time, I know it's like, but what am I? What am I to you guys? I'm like, you know, one of your best bullpen and then it's like, okay, but I want to be the setup man because i want to get paid like a good setup man. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting what happens.
0: Yeah. I like Ren, Renaldo as a pitcher. And he obviously showed that being a reliever is probably his strength versus being a starter based on a lot of the bad seasons that we had with him early on. But, uh, you know, he's found his, his way in that bullpen and, uh, he can do the swingman uh, gig. He can do, you know, the, the late relief. I think they're kind of priming him to be the next closer. And I think that's kind of what the impetus for some of these Hendricks, uh, trade talks have all been about, but it's like, you know, can we trust Reynaldo to go out there and, uh, you know, mentally be able to close games, you know, from day one, it's like, it's a lot to ask from him if he has never really done it, you know, for a team that is trying to go deep into the playoffs. So uh, yeah, no, I mean, the thing is I I like where our team's at. I know we had like the most catastrophic last year of all time. Um, Obviously guys got to stay way more healthy this year. We need like 75 to 80% of, you know, their health this year versus, you know, whatever it was, 50%. around that mark like that really killed us and we were still a 500 team so it's like you just look around we've got some holes but uh I don't think we're in the worst situation uh, especially in the AL Central I think you know people are making a lot of this Guardians team I don't I don't feel it the same way others do around the league um the Twins they just lost Correa they didn't really come back with much in this offseason so far I'm not really I'm not really you know fretting them um and Byron Buxton who can't really stay healthy as well so it's like I don't really think we're competing with a whole lot. It's just kind of, you know, I think a lot of people just have that bad taste on their mouths and they're just like, well, this team needs to win it this year. It's over. And I'm just yeah. not seeing it that way.
1: Yeah. I think a healthy 2023 season, because you, 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 we gotta, we gotta look at it like our roster too. It's like two of the top three uh players that we are in terms of plate appearances, right. Um uh Have left uh, AJ Pollock. I think he was the number two in terms of plate appearances. Number two or three. Number one was Jose Abreu. Uh, so, so those guys are gone now. Uh, wh- you know who's gonna who's gonna come up as a bat, right? So, you know, uh, uh, everybody's gonna you know, be playing more. That you know, Andrew Vaughn definitely's gonna play more. Uh, if you know some players can't stay healthy, then some other players are gonna step up. Gavin Sheets, wh- whomever, right? So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that this is going to be a year where it's like, okay, we're transitioning from Jose Briu. Now, who are all these players that we've had, you know, team-friendly type of contracts? Are you guys going to, you know, perform to your best? You know, you know Yoan Makata, you know, we're definitely thinking of him. You know, and then the rest of the players, can you stay healthy? Can we get more than 500 plate appearances from you? Because, yeah, we didn't see that uh, this previous year, and that really hurt the team overall. So, um, but, you know, new hitting coach, I think I'm very excited about that. Uh, you know, Frank Menichino, very anemic offense since, since his tenure here. Um, once he hit the door, it was like, oh, let's just go the batting average route. I think he was trying to play the whole, uh, replicate the whole, like, Kansas City uh, uh, Royals type of squad, you know, when they had, like, Runzo Cain kind of the batting average, you know, type of players get on base and then kill you on the base pads a little bit. Um, this this roster is not built for that. This roster is built for slugging it a little bit more. Um, and I think they kind of lost their – you know, a little bit of their attitude on that. And so that's something where I'm very excited about Jose Castro, you know, coming in as it, you know, he was the uh, hitting assistant coach for the Braves. And it's like um, that, that Braves roster is kind of like what, you know, I think a lot of us imagined the White Sox to be essentially right. Like, yeah, you know, obviously want to be healthy, but you know, you look at the roster, bunch of young talent, bunch of team friendly controlled players, uh, but they're all hitting. They're all, you know, For the most part, hitting pretty well and everything, right? You know, I think some up and downs here and there, but for the most part, like a lot of the young talent's been hitting and contributing, and I think that's that's essentially what we're kind of missing. So I'm hoping that, yeah, Jose Castro and the new regime, uh, kind of you know push that forth, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Pedro as well, the new manager and everything. So, yeah, very excited to think about the future here. So yeah,
0: yeah, I think things are looking up if uh, Robert Jimenez, Mancada, and Ta can all you know, get to more complete seasons, fuller seasons, just play the you know game of baseball the way they know how to do it. I mean, we were talking about Robert as an MVP candidate going into last year. I mean, Jimenez, we've been talking 40, you know, 45 home runs, uh, you know, upside for that kind of guy. It's like, that's where the power is going to come from. That's why I was okay with the Benintendi signing, you know, a guy like Andrew Vaughn taking another step. That's why I was okay with the Abreu, uh, you know, non-resigned decision. It's like, you got to look at what these guys can do if they're healthy and, you know, again, playing to some of their potential. I don't think it's a pipe dream to think these guys can do that kind of thing. So um, I think we're in good shape. Uh, We can get in better shape for sure. But, uh, you know, I think with that um, pretty good overview of, you know, our Sox wish list, what we want to see from each one of these positions. Um, Wayne, did you have any final thoughts here, baseball or otherwise?
1: um w- want to wish everybody a happy holiday uh <laughs> you know uh definitely uh i could not keep that beard on i could not <laughs> really drink anything like that it was like it was bugging me there was like i don't know what ocd like a little bit of tissue paper whatever's there but yeah i just hope everybody has a happy healthy you know safe holiday and everything uh yeah it's getting a little it was like some snowstorms, i guess coming around the chicagoland area so yeah, hopefully y'all uh I-, I went to Jewel this morning actually and just got a bunch of soup. I just got a bunch of <laughs> soup. What <laughs> kind? Uh I you know, was it the Amy's kind, whatever? Like, yeah, like you got like you know, southwest chilies and like tortillas or whatever. It was like a sale, it was like six, I think it was like six dollars for two of them or something like that, which you know it's a little bit of a nicer canned soup, like because of the packaging or whatever. But I'll I'll definitely take that. I feel like, yeah, just having like yeah, I like a little bit of spice in my soup rather than just like taking like a, you know, a New England clam chowder or something like that. I, f- I feel like during the winter, like you need that spice. So, yeah.
0: That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I didn't come here with any really good final closing thoughts. I mean, yeah, I mean, Christmas right around the corner. I don't know, do, wait, do you have any like, I don't know, special pastimes or things that you eat around this time of year or, you know, things that your family will put out as far as spread goes?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah so I think I've talked about uh yeah the family uh, uh uh yeah one family member we call her nanny right she she's everybody's nanny essentially right so um but yeah she has this fried rice right uh it's like perfection um it's not too greasy uh and it has like barbecue it's like barbecue pork fried rice um but yeah like she she doesn't it's like you know oftentimes a thing for fried rice. It's like the most greasiest thing ever, but for her, it's like it's super clean. Like I feel healthy eating this fried rice. And it's like nowhere, nowhere else can I find it from any restaurant type of thing. So um I definitely prefer it. And it's like all the ingredients are fresh, like has like uh um, you know, some fresh, uh nicely cut onions and things like that, like green onions, right? You know, to kind of give that a little bit more of a crisp taste to it. It's like it's a whole nother level, I feel like for me. So um yeah, uh, that was actually a special request from my dad. My dad just celebrated his uh 76th birthday actually, uh last night. That was a specific request from him. It's like, I need nanny's fried rice, you know, to live <laughs> live another year. Like any it's good for the soul, you know. So yeah, I think that's one dish for sure that um, you know, uh, I'm glad it took home last night. So yeah. But do you got any of your own? Man, like not really. I mean, to be honest with you,
0: uh our holiday party might be kind of in flux right now. Everybody's getting sick. Uh, we have some COVID going around in uh, multiple parts of uh, family. And then um, I've heard a little RSV uh, is going around for another part of the family. So wishing everybody out there, uh, you know, a healthy, uh, you know, winter here, cause everybody wants to enjoy the holidays. And, you know, I feel like it's kind of been crippling these last few years with, you know, all this stuff going around. But um, one thing I am kind of interested in is, uh, actually had some great wings uh, a few weeks ago. There is a uh, place in Northern Virginia that's uh, owned by a family from Buffalo, and uh, they basically started a tavern. Uh, it's called Jimmy's Old Town Tavern, but they serve Buffalo-style wings there, and I had them a few weeks back just to try it out because they made one of the uh, local area lists. And, uh, man, just plump, like, tasted great, really, uh, you know, good sauce, a little unique, like, peppery with the buffalo sauce. And uh, my brother's actually gonna come visit uh, this weekend. So I told him like, hey man, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Like, these are some of the best wings I've had. Like, we're gonna go check this out. And uh, he's like, yeah, sign me up. So um, that'll probably be the highlight of eating, I think, for, uh, you know, this holiday season. But uh, other than that, I mean, I can usually expect family to bring stuff from like Wegmans, uh, the grocery chain, and they will be like, you know, deli platters and like pretty much all that ready-made stuff. And uh, I don't know, everybody kind of brings a potluck here and there, I feel like to most of these parties. So um, I'll be sure to report back. I'll, I'll make sure to add this to my, uh, you know, next final thought, but, th- but that's what I'm thinking
1: yeah 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 well i had two thoughts or or two questions for you there uh are are you are you are you gonna go to like uh tgi fridays after or (laughs) or get the swings or what man Uh, (laughs) is that your
0: first question or is that you have another question
1: that was my first i can i can i can roll into the next one but um yeah no it's awesome it's we're not i was it's not actually a question it's a statement but yeah uh the last time it's funny i went to new york you know that time i i went to see aaron judge i guess his 61st homer and everything like that but you know i, I like everybody's asking me well, where, where do you want to go where do you want to go you know what you know what place i said i said wegman's actually It was like <laughs> i want to go to your grocery store because i hear like it's got great ratings and everything like all these places say it's like you know one of the best places to work at and i'm like a grocery store so like <laughs> how much you know enjoyment can you get like serving cheese i guess or whatever so, but yeah, it seemed like white men's is like, a, an institution, I think in the East coast. So, um, yeah, yeah, out, out here it's good. I mean,
0: I'm not a, like a super fan of it. You know, I don't have to, we have one in our like neighborhood. I don't have to go there all the time to grab it. I'm a Costco guy. Um, but I will say like they're ready-made, uh, seafood stuff. They've got pretty good Italian to go. They have like a, a deli counter so you can pretty much order any up, up any kind of sub you want. I feel like they do that stuff really well. Uh, their produce is really fresh. So that's always like a plus. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's decent. And yeah, for, for parties, large gatherings and stuff, I feel like they've got all that stuff just ready, ready to go. And it's, uh, you know, portable enough. So I think it, uh, it makes a lot of sense, but, um, tgi fridays um you're dead to me i will never ever (laughs) go to tgi fridays for the rest of my life i i will try (laughs) Chili's again it's been you know nearly 20 years at this point so so chilies i'm coming for you at some point but but yeah man uh i just can't like that was just such a disappointment um yeah these wings that i'm gonna have are are man they're in the, the the super heavyweight category and you know, that welterweight, lightweight, um wing from TGI Friday is just it was bad, man. That thing was burnt and they were they were they were crap, dude. So uh yeah, I, I'm done with that. I'm kind of done with the with the bigger chain, like the no name like the named uh the named uh franchises in a sense. I'm I'm kinda of getting tired of uh you know, shrinkflation and kind of standards <laughs> being dropped and us having to pay for it. And nowadays, like you don't even get a deal with that with those kinds of places. So you know, yeah. if you're going to get a deal, like just go to a mom and pop that knows how to do it right. And, you know, kind of support your local uh, economy and communities in that sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can only sacrifice so <laughs> much of your dignity, I feel like, you know, so yeah, yeah. You can't you can't put a price on dignity. So yeah, eat well out there. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, uh, yeah, hope everybody has some good eating, uh, some good family time for, for Christmas. Um, we're hoping the White Sox put a couple of nice presents under our tree going into 2023, really excited for the year coming up. I mean, I know there's been a lot of, uh, you know, I would say uh, apathy or, you know, anger towards this club and, you know, they're not spending like the Mets or the Padres or, you know, the Yankees or other big clubs. But uh, I think if they can string most of this uh, roster together, you know, could we find our way back into the playoffs and give it a shot? Like, We've got a chance. So uh, you know, let's let's have some more hope here going into uh the new year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Hope, man. Gotta believe. Go ted, ted Lasso on this, you know? <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. But yeah, uh hope, yeah, everybody has a great, safe, happy holiday. And yeah, take care, all.